Welcome to section three of the mini-series of my paper, The Analysis of the Phenomenology of Identity Through Time and Context. We're moving on to section three of the paper, Reflections on Occurrences Involving Individuals in the World and a Response to General Identity Claims about What Divides Up Definitions About Identity. The growing complexity and emergent quality in today's conditions calls for new identities concerning what to label the species. Since the species has been manipulating the world over, we have identified less and less with our own world as a norm with nature and more with what we are doing in it or to it, which in turn makes us estranged to it and accustomed to norms outside of natural states. This gives rise to concern and to wonder about the things humans are getting up to, usually behind closed doors. Why is it that we are trying to enforce the rule that looking at others that aren't yours is a social violation and is predacious and worth ostracism and alienation? This is a default state of sexual curiosity and was a perfectly valid invitation even when others were involved with the same person. Now the structure of organizing relationships has shifted dramatically, but not the years and years of existence that formed our lobe and wiring cognitively and behaviorally through so many years. We see the dissonance between what is expected and what is completely natural and common and valid. I work in a world that needs to lock up what they have going on from other parties, others that are interested so to keep an evolutionary advantage in the context of trade secrets and agreements. We are invested into interests of control and modified identity which has implications of originality. These entities of separation and controlled power are individualized states of awareness and procession. The norm is so in the world of business, but is not a norm guaranteed to things happening of themselves in nature. What occurs as an advantage in the pool of various types of natures to be an advantage unto one's own private secret vision of what can be taken advantage of. This is interesting because any one person can be interested in the same craft, but it is one that designs and creates the item that can take substance and generate utility and value. In this vein, it's the one who is educated in technology and has access to resources that enable its construction. The or original idea and continuance of control of the settings which it is subjected to belongs to one having the vision and the idea to control the events and the setting they are in. The difference is subtle in that they are taking advantage of different kinds of natural processes. One takes place in a setting of gaining from what lives in the environment, and the other takes place in a setting that has taken the environment and located it out of its setting so to make a gain from it through its own agency and capacity. The agent is no longer subjected to the force of the world. Instead, the world is subjected to the force of the agent in order to gain power for itself. This is the modern paradigm when man makes myths about the purpose of their being here and conflates themselves to that of God or being in contact with the ultimate source of things going on in the universe. A hubris and arrogance, but a sort of striving towards a kind of self-empowerment that sees it. It is powerful, but fails in the basic mode of being, which isn't based on the activity of self-interest. A structure of hierarchy of decision-making ability should have the temperance and vision to know how to treat consumers and what is honest in the scheme of sharing wealth with those that are relied upon to produce. 
giving more, you can get more. And the strength of a structured community thrives of an agreeable sharing scenario. The ontological identity or the existence criteria that is identified with of one group of individuals does not override another ontological identity, namely one that encompasses the entire identity of members possible. In this way, occurrences are never, necess never necessity for ownership and maintenance of a created identity, and therefore it ought not to have occurred because it only ought to have occurred based on perceived necessity and value. Nature is the only necessary valuation for being an identity, and it is not to be known just what the extent of identity is by the way humans create their own. The subject of the human is objectively known by what it can do in the environment and that relationship. If the environment is not within itself, but in a made-up environment by the human, then the human cannot have an objectively known subjectivity, but only a purely subjective state in which they base themselves off. So then a relationship to truth about identity can never be objective. The human environment created must retreat to that which it originated in and is not defined by the nature existing within the new environment. That relationship is void of identity because we cannot determine just how changeable or abstract the idea of its nature is, especially the idea of the nature of humanity or of a singular human. That's the end of section three. Section four is the problems with first principles and the abuse of power through necessity. Sometimes things that are accepted as an identity cannot be shaken free due to being engrossed within the identity framework or within the mind. When one vision or feeling of something takes hold, our will to take it in and internalize the readiest information seems to be normal. We listen to whatever our psyche wants to take on. Laziness and other mental shortcuts serve our selfish interest to not experience too much mental energy. We are rationalization. And now our solid ego of formation has a wall for other sources of information to try to knock it down. New identities have not been discovered by the inner initiatory realm because accepting one's own self-identity requires a view that is consistent within its own conception. It is its own lawyer defending yet again against itself. It always appears to be in one's best interest to insist on the faculties of logic being beheld. If another conception doesn't go along with it, being that the logic of its scheming and affili affiliation with it won't hold it as true or worth having stakes in, then the identities are required to block, suppress, or ignore outside revelation and logic in order to stay alive on their own terms. And maybe it truly does defeat it, and, and the others would just be blocked. Members of the Homo sapiens species are su surprised to find out that there is nothing to find out about themselves when the whole scope of the identity is being applied to everyone at once in the guise of the common experience of collective history. A singular form of agreement on what to call ourselves is one problem considering the plurality and the conceptual awareness and internal schemes available to our own immediate minds. The problem of bringing on unified agreements on what it is we are to call everyone else depends upon the collective logic and lack thereof on what it means to unlock our identity in the most general scale. We have intuitively seen the interplay of realities from many angles and even exist at the butt of them from those which we either have ignorance in or arrogantly play around as above or below when they occur. 
pretending to have a role in the interplay that isn't the one that is seen by interlocutors is a problem of assessing what your relationship and place in the dialogue is or is an error in properly assuming the correct definitions of self in the given context. Human variation is so flexible it can take the shape of one's own defense and the content of the one offending. Accused and accuser give the form of the persona. The accused are trying to get the convictions off their backs and justify a new scheme of self in order to rectify the thoughts and actions being subscribed to. The accusers are the convictions being held tightly. Feeling guilty is a feeling. Whether authenticated can easily be intersubjective and reliant on the necessity to play certain roles and abide by certain rules and maintain certain perceptual schemes and logic. Being guilty is the truth of what counts in allowing guilt. This may still require justification. Good luck. Assuming there is a capital T, truth, that is in existence, and that all its conditions apply to all members of mankind, then it follows that the discerning of what it is we call ourselves is bankrupt of dissent from variations of explanation all the way through the theoretical and evolutionary marketplace of human history. We call ourselves what we think we are or else we don't call ourselves what we truly are. We equate thoughts on what we all are to be truly what it, what it is that we are. A recent emergence of Homo sapiens where people have been claimed to have been put here by random alien inception or with a divine god hand or with mutations in ornate ancestral lines are all ways to describe a truth on our way of existing and what purpose and reason for existing there is, all of which are still subject to the way the cosmos operates and in its locality how we operate in the environment on the planet. No way of knowing true and false changes the fact that we deal in all the process as it is without any trying to figure it out as a storied origin told by those coming out of existence as aware beings with the most capacity of gray matter by far on earth if no purpose or reason to exist is truly in the network of all the physical expanse then the working effect of genetics and all action up to this point is going towards what nothing it can't be that doesn't even feel right during all that transpires. Nothing transpires because it just tumbles along all suicidal and with infinite boredom and nowhere to go. Assuming the story is just fiction, we are bankrupt of real important guiding intelligence. Discerning upon what the collective individuality is, if individuality exists at all, it claims that individuality can separate from totality or collectivity. Stating individuality and making identity claims set the terms for how we agree to exist. It can say that I am God, that what identity identifies as me as God, but would not identify me as God in the eyes of those identifying God somewhere else or something else, or a new, on a new set of conditions or on a new narrative. They not only identify God as something else, they identify themselves as something else as a result. At the occurrence of placement identity and referring to meaning, we have a lot of gaps in how we place meaning in the context of identity. In this way, we must work out the essential reality that must cohere to all who are capable of having meaning and re reference to identity, identifying what it is that makes up meaning. Seeing life is believing life, and believing life takes the humility to see all of what life says, especially when it contradicts life. A biological and historical truism is gray to many who collective memory is filled with gaps and past with no record. In any instance, the common feature 
of everyone that is sensitive to life is the unmistakable moment of right now. Without indoctrination on how to conceive of what is really taking hold right now, without the lack of clarity and vision, the one crystal moment as it is cannot be unfounded or underived. It is just witnessed and accepted because that is just what it is. Nobody patents or owns now and forever. Of course, an art of seeing life can be beheld, but no one is a private beholder to the thing that is free and essential, and that is simply the act of seeing life. For any adherence to a state of being brought into existence by one and the collective observing upon it, equal terms is invariably filled with a gap of truly noticing what collectivity and what individuality has in store for both of itself. We do not elect reality. We only choose what we think reality is and wonder how it is we can see and feel and think more. Everyone secretly does not agree with what they elect because it is not their own making and the conclusion of existence is not present. We participate frequently in individualities that we do not maintain. However, these abstractions can come out of seemingly our own free will. But I know determined will is no longer free and whole potential of existing will. Seemingly it is that all realities are beheld as equally valid and real, but can also be equally invalid and illusory. Claiming to be a creator of a business that is already created sounds contradictory. But if I introduced the idea to my mind without knowledge of the business, I authenticated the idea. Only it happens before and was enacted as a real idea and consequently a business. The creator of the business that didn't create it still created it. Another example would be believing aliens exist, but not on this planet. Well, the matter this exists came from beyond the solar system originally before it became the solar system. Therefore, we came from out of the solar system before we came out of the solar system. To some extent, people believe there are aliens when they forget that there is a way to understand how alien we actually are, therefore are not in need of. To functionally try to believe in that, our identity is not fixed in context. Okay, I'm going to take a break and then I'll move on to section four. I'll see you next time. Bye.